I think the relevance of us being people-centered, human-centered, looking for opportunities, looking for how we can solve problems, how we can apply our mindset, our way of thinking to coming up with new answers is really, really important right now. And, and wherever we are in the rank of organizational life, we all have a contribution to make. host and Emily Ken. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Natalie Turner. She's an international speaker on innovation and an experienced leadership development expert, voted by the CMO Asia and the World Federation of Marketing and Sustainability as one of the top 50 female leaders in Asia, where she lived for more than 10 years. Now she lives in Portugal, my country of origin, and she's also a award-winning author of Yes, You Can Innovate and the creator of the Six Eyes of Innovation. So welcome to the Mindset Zone, Natalie. Thank you, Anna, and it's delightful to be here. Yes, and I had the opportunity to read your book and I really fascinating how you bring all your experience because you work in the corporate world for a while and uh, internally in organizations and then as a consultant and you have international experience from Asia to the Western world and about your life work is about helping organization build the culture and the capabilities on innovation and how to innovate. So I'm really curious for you to share with us your definition of innovation. It's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, when we Google the word innovation, you know, we'll often get like millions or billions of hits as to what innovation means. And there are many, many definitions. So my definition, uh, which is, I think, both simple, but quite broad in a sense as well, purposefully, is that innovating is coming up with something valuable out of an idea that is new to you. So generating value out of new ideas, ultimately. And if we unpack this a little bit, we have value. You know, we need to create something. It's not just about being creative. It's actually the act of taking something that is in a creative idea into the world. So, And, and not just anything, but something that's going to actually give some sort of value. And that could be new products. It could be new services or new ways of working, new um, processes, systems. Um, So it's not just about product innovation either or R&D. It's really in the broader sense. And I think the other aspect is that it's out of an idea that's new to you. We know that lots of ideas are not new to the world. You know, they are combinations of different ideas that are put together to create something of value. So that's how I define it. You know, really thinking about 
value creation out of that new those new ideas which comes from our creative mind love it and i really also was very interesting when I, in the foreword of the book by professor John Besson, how do you say his John last Besson. name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, also very interesting because he, he, he begins with the innovation that in the English uh, uh, language we use both as a noun and as a verb. Mm. So I also found that very interesting. I never thought about it. And the, the thing in this evolving world, everything is changing, changing, changing so fast, so fast that we... Uh, just to uh, to stay in, um, afloat, we have to keep creating value, like you are describing, uh, with new ideas or we the recreation of ideas to new places and new environments. But we have to keep this going, this reinvention and innovation going. And companies, I think, they are feeling the need to keep at the edge because just the status quo doesn't work. And I think because in the way that you see innovation is something that uh, is not just the cutting edge companies that they have to worry about. It's not such software companies that they have to worry about. In your view of the world, I think is vital for any company that wants to keep growing, they have to be focused on innovation. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, like you say, we are going through a you know, rapid change and it seems to be speeding up even more. Um, so our ability, in a sense, I, I like to think of innovating um, in, as the verb. Uh, in, in a way, it's our survival skill, really. And it always has been, if we think of human history, you know, it's always been people that are doing new things um, that are always moving us forward. And now more than ever, I think that we need innovation in in all sorts of uh, walks of life, in all types of organizational life, not just in the business world, but in politics and in science and in business, you know, generally, um, it's not just about sort of commercial innovation. I think, you know, the relevance of us being people-centered, human-centered, looking for opportunities, looking for how we can solve problems, how we can apply our mindset, our way of thinking to coming up with new answers is really, really important right now. And, and wherever we are in the rank of organizational life, we all have a contribution to make. And I think I like to sort of think about it in as three P's, if you like, that we innovate on purpose. It's no point us just innovating for the sake of innovation. We want to have a purpose behind it, a why behind what we're doing. We're innovating for people. You know, we're innovating both to attract, retain great people, um, help people feel alive in themselves that they can contribute their skills um, but also our customers, you know, the people that we're innovating for ultimately, and also planets, you know, the big, the big P in that, in that sense that we're really thinking how whatever we do is going to have a positive impact on planets. So we say we're looking at how we can be more productive or how we take out waste out of systems as much as whatever might we might be creating that's new. So to really sort of think about those different aspects, I think is important when we're looking at relevance, you know, being relevant, being um, out in front, being willing to sort of have that courage to, to move things forward. 
I absolutely love this because, and I want to unpack a little or at least summarize here because I think this is so important because any company or any organization nowadays, like you're saying, I love how you organize this in these three Ps. They have to have clarity about their purpose, what their why people that resonates internally within organization and externally outside the organization but having that purpose that is one of the core thing in, in your own innovation model, knowing the purpose, why you are doing this. And then the people, all the stakeholders uh, from the workforce to the customers and get them involved in the process and things and the planet. We cannot ignore the planet. Uh, I like that. The, um, I don't know the exact quote, but the, there is no planet B. This is the mm -hmm. planet that we have to live. And uh, honestly, even with all the problems of this beautiful planet, Earth is much better than any of the alternatives that we have in the solar system. So I think yes. we absolutely have to take better care of it. And the, the companies, the corporations have a, a very important role on it. And they can yeah. lead the way in many ways, because if we think of the corporate world uh, is bigger than any country. And it really can make a huge impact in the direction for the future um, to uh, it makes business sense to think about the planet, to think about the people and to live your purpose. Mm, so I, I really like that you put that in a so clear white tool. And uh, the other thing that um, you love to play with the, the the concepts to be easy for people to to see it to to see and to do something with it, and you have done that with your uh, six eyes of innovation. Because and and that is the other thing that I love about your work and reading your book that shows the depth of your body of work on innovation, of the experience of being in the field for how many decades now? <laughs> Over 20. Well, not 20 decades, 20 years. 20 years, <laughs> yes. Two decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But shows, how they say, you start working in organizations with the innovation, with the, the thing, but you, you and then as a consultant, you realize that you had to break it, the, in, the innovation process down in a way that people could understand and do something about and and you even have an assessment to um, assess what is mm -hmm. the strength that the person or uh, has in relation to these three eyes or dimensions so tell us a little bit about the, the six eyes of innovation uh, why did you create it and how they, this can this model can be so helpful? I'd love to. My, my favorite subject or one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in terms of why I invented it, um, and we, if we wind back a few years, I was working as a corporate innovation director in a large research firm. Uh, responsible really for those sort of what we call that early stage innovation, you know, coming up with those new ideas, a lot about the creative um, problem solving process, design thinking, uh, bringing people together to create new solutions, new products, new services, new new things. And, um, and I could see that, you know, this was 
it always works, you know, these processes always work. But what was the big challenge was when the ideas went back into the organization, a lot of them just got stuck, you know, or they got diluted of novelty, um, or, you know, other priorities came on board and you know, organizations moved on and all that time, all that effort and energy that people had expended on, on creating the, these new ideas and solutions didn't go anywhere. Or a lot of the time, not all the time, but, uh, but definitely a lot of the time. So that really got me thinking then about why is it that ideas get stuck? Now, what are all the different reasons? And actually, a lot of them are due to the organizational culture, to systems, to leadership, lack of processes, lack of management, all these types of things. So I started to think what we needed was more of a shape of innovation that would still build on all the great things around creativity and design thinking, but really bringing that organizational element um, to, to the innovation journey so that, that people wouldn't, would also not just think that innovators are the people who come up with our ideas in terms of the creation of it, the creativity of it, but those that implement, you know, just as important, yeah, those that are really good at implementation and driving ideas. So this is this really is what inspired me was to look at it holistically. And so I created six eyes. They're all circles. Uh, so there are cir they're circles within a bigger circle. So we have identify and it's paired with the mindset of curiosity. And identify is that open-mindedness that we need to be looking out to see what's changing in our environment, good at looking at patterns and trends, new opportunities, problems that need to be solved. So it's not so much an idea, it's usually a space in the mind that can spot an opportunity. And therefore we need to be curious, you know, we need to have that mindset. And before you keep going on the six eyes, because I want you to give that description, I just want to invite people that are listening to this, even if they are not, if you are, they are in organization, how they apply this to their organizations, of course. But even entrepreneurs that have micro business, that even one person business, I think you can, we can think about this model on how we are bringing new value and problem solving in our business. And I will even stretch this to the individual, because as individuals ourselves, we are problem solving in our lives all the time. And if we absorb these concepts of innovation, uh, that as you describe in these six eyes of innovation, we can come know where we get stuck more mm. often than not. So with that in mind, is the uh, that first eye identify that is how do you say seeing the trends, uh, be curious. You, I love that you speak mm. about the mindsets. What is the ideal set that we have to have in terms? of uh, how we are looking to that that allow us to identify the threads and you are you identify being curious being yeah. open to see what is out there like another guest that I had the privilege to interview in this show he speaks about a periphery thinking seeing mm -hmm. beyond what is immediately seeing beyond and then connect dots and see yeah. how things can relate and the patterns that is fascinating but we have to be curious absolutely 
Got to have that mindset. And there are some of us that are really good at it, you know. So on a skills perspective, um, some people are really good at identifying opportunities. You know, they're very strategic or they can see ahead. They're good at having the this mindset and maybe some tools or ways of thinking. Oftentimes, though, the identifiers in, in teams and organizations will be seen to be a bit out there, you know, they're a bit sort of come back down to earth to today, you know, what we're focusing on right now. But so important, so, so important for us to have and encourage that skill and mindset in, in organizational life. Because usually they are seeing things that other people don't see. Yeah. So, and that is always uh, interesting, how do you say, in, in the communication, because you also give communication tips, how mm. to communicate with somebody that is so good at identify or have another strength that uh, there are specific ways to foster that uh, and to make it more appealing. And speaking about uh, fostering and appealing, I have my dog barking in the background. <laughs> and it's one of the joys of the innovation of working and be able nowadays to work from home and even doing these interviews from our home studios. So with that said, let's keep going here in the, so identify, do you have anything to add for the identify or should we move on to that? Yeah, one aspect on the model that is also very important is color. So identify, give the color blue. You know, blue is often associated with blue sky thinking or blue ocean. You know, it's that that expansiveness of mind. So, yes, the color. So you have a color for each of these stages and yes. for identify is blue. Is that expansion? Maybe the, the ocean, the horizon. Love it. OK. And what next? Okay, so uh, we have Ignite. Um, so Ignite, I give the color red. Often when we think of um, igniting a car or we think of Ignite, you know, lighting a match, and, you know, you have that sort of flame. And Ignite is when we get an idea. You know, it's when something pops in our head and we go, ah, that could work, you know. We get excited maybe about an idea to a problem or an idea for an opportunity, but it's that creative spark, that moment of when we get, get that answer, if you like. And the mindset that I associate with this is creativity. And creativity, very important in the innovation journey. This because without creativity, it's just normal work really in that sense. So it's that real application of new ideas that's coming into our mind. And the igniters are often very good at coming up with the ideas, you know. Uh, they can come up with hundreds of ideas before breakfast oftentimes. Um, <laughs> and I'm an igniter, so I sort of identify with this one. Uh, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of juice, a lot of energy in this particular phase of the journey. And this is one, I think, when people uh, heard the word the innovation, they think about creativity mm. and they think about that ignite, that spark. Okay, you have to be innovating. You have to have new ideas. So that is part of the process there and something that people identify. But the, like you say so well, it's not just important to be creative by the sake of generating new ideas. The ideas have to solve some problem, mainly mm -hmm. in the business world, to have a sense. So if we can link the creative mind to the curious 
aspect of this, you know, of opportunity, then we can actually hopefully address a real issue, a real opportunity or a real problem. So is that you're starting to see how these things are connected and you speak about that circle because, yes, you are. We are telling them in a linear way or you are describing them here and in the book because it's how uh, writing works. You start one and then two, but there is a back and forth. There is a dance between any of these. Absolutely. There's iteration and our minds work like that anyway. I think the more we become observant of how we think, um, the better we get at it in a way, because we can think, oh, where am I now? Which stage, (laughs) which stage of the journey there for which mindset do I need to be wearing in that sense? Um, so then we have investigate and investigate. I give the color teal blue. It's more of an objective blue, if you like. Um, and actually, in this stage of innovation, we need the critical mind. We need that critical mindset that's a, a, able to look at things and really unpack, you know, is it going to work? How can I make it work? Um, you know, what are the upsides, the downsides of an idea? And so we need different skills. You know, we need to be good at researching and testing and prototyping and validating ideas to see if they're going to be useful not just novel. And the investigators amongst us are good at doing it. You know, they, they've developed skills in this area. They have that critical mindset. But also we want to bring it in at the right stage. If we have too much of the critical mindset too early in the innovation journey, we can, we can often kill the ideas before we've even, got, even get going. Fascinating. And the importance mainly organizations, probably in a team, to have people representing this because the investigating, usually people that are more that investigation type that are strong on that, uh, sometimes maybe are not as good as on the ignite and you need Mm. both of them. Or if they are, and I've seen this happen a few times, people who can be good at Ignite and investigate, they can often be criticizing their own ideas all the time. You know, come up with that idea, oh no, I better not do that, can't do that. And can end up sort of in that stage of um, judgment so fast because they're good at doing that. Uh, so it's an important one when you start to realize what your own sort of skill set and mindset mix is like, because you become aware of what your strengths and your challenges, your blind spots can be as well. And if you jump this phase of investigate, then you can really run into troubles because if you mm. went to the implementation phase too fast, and I see this happening in um, small business a lot because of the limited resources, then is the implementation that becomes the test. And sometimes if they had done a little bit of critical thinking or investigation, they could have saved a lot of resources. And so the next eye is all around invest. Um, and invest, I give the color green. Green for growth, <laughs> green for green light, go. And invest has the mindset of courage, So in this stage of the journey, whether it's our own personal courage about doing something different or organizational courage or team courage, whatever it might be, we often have to step out. We often have to do something. You know, we have to make a decision that we're going to try something new. And uh, therefore, we do need to step into that courage to be able to do that. And the investors, the people that are not just good at maybe financial stuff or modeling or business planning, but, but those that can really 
really uh, adopt that mindset of courage to say, we are going to invest in this. We don't know all the answers. We've done as much investigation as we can, but at the end of the day, we're gonna have to make a decision. And that is yes, no, maybe, you know, but whatever it might be, it needs to be communicated. And that willingness to take the risk without knowing exactly the outcome, taking the risk about it, uh, and also stopping the perfectionism. Because if you want to have everything to make the perfect decision, that will never going to happen. So again, the taking the risk and the willingness to fail. And sometimes uh, not all the initiatives are going to be successful. So how can we learn from the fa- of, from things that don't work? And how can that help other innovations within the same organization? So, so it's identified the thread, ignite the ideas through creativity, investigate, uh, invest, and have that courage to make that decision, a yes or no, and then what? And then implementation, good old implement. And implement, I give the mindset of commitment, You know, this is where the hard work of innovation really begins, because up until this point, it's really conceptual, a lot of it. I mean, yes, you'd be testing and prototyping and trying new things out or making decisions, but it's only at the stage of implement that we actually really get our hands dirty and start to build, start to create, start to get other people. make, And often it's it gets bigger then than just us with our ideas. And so we have to have that mindset of commitment. And I give it the color purple because historically purple was one of the hardest colors to make. And I think that this is the hard graft. And it's interesting, just through my work, my research and application of this in the world, I often find people who are high, the implementers amongst us who are really good at getting things done. They're good at building things, making things happen, are often don't really see themselves as innovative. They, they think the innovative people are the igniters and they're just doing the work. And actually, one of the big messages of my book, Yes, You Can Innovate, and the model is the democratization of the innovation journey, that everybody has a role to play. And the implementers are just as important as, as any of the others because they really are the people that actually make it happen. Love it, love it, love it. And that power of commitment of uh, inspire others to get things done. Uh, and if you have the right, uh, identify the right idea that is going to solve the problem and you have some, uh, the, the courage of the organization to try it and any people that implement it is when things really can, the magic can uh, come to life, so to speak. It's not just the idea of the magic, but it's the the results of the idea that uh, come to fruition. But you don't stay there. You still have a, a, another step. Yes. And this one's an interesting one because it's improve. And I give it the mindset of clever, you know, of being clever. And why do I do that? I think oftentimes we miss out on things that are really relatively easy for us to do. If only we could perceive it differently, you know, looking at something we're already doing, seeing how it could be better, how it could be different. Um, So I give that mindset of being clever, but also that sense of improvement, continuous improvement of thinking all the time, you know, is there a better way? Is there a different way? And all of the value that you have already, 
if only you can look at it and say, wow, what else could I do with all of this? Um, and I give it the color orange uh, because there's still a vibrancy similar to red of, of, of new ideas coming through, but they might not be as original always as say mate, you might find in the ignite phase. So it's, it's such an important part of the journey. And like you said earlier, it's not just we go identify, ignite, investigate, invest, implement and improve. We, we will move backwards and forwards and iterate through the triangles that link each of the eyes to the center of purpose, which is right in the center of the model. And the two little triangles represent processes and culture. So we need to be thinking about what process will help me or help us in each of these stages. And what cultural environment um, do we need to cultivate so that people can do this? Otherwise, you could have loads of igniters, for example, in a culture that kills creativity. And it doesn't matter how many igniters you've got. They're not going to ignite after a while because the culture is going to kill it dead. Um, and same with, say, with implementation and commitment. You need a culture of great project management and discipline and being able to manage your idea flow so that you know where things are and what's happening and who's working on what. So we need very different discrete skill sets and mindsets really to help us make innovation work as a whole, as a holistic um, journey. And I love that you put purpose on the center because without that, why? Why is this idea? Why uh, is this trend that was identified, the ideas that were generated, all the research that is need to be done to see what is viable or not, the courage, I would say, if you have a strong why, is easier to, with a yes or a no, to take that risk and then is also the fuel, the energizer for the implementation to keep that commitment going. And then also the motivation to keep improving and improving from it. So mm. really essential. Yes, purpose can be multi-layered. You know, we can have our own individual purpose. What What's my why? Our team purpose, you know, why do we exist? You know, our project purpose, or we're, we're working with other people and our organizational purpose, the bigger purpose for which we're all trying, hopefully, to strive towards. So I think it's quite useful thinking, well, what level of purpose are we working at? And therefore, what, how do we use the dynamism of, of the model to sort of know where to go next and what to do and, you know, what's, what's emerging for you at whatever level you're working? So I think if uh, somebody is listening to our conversation here and they want to know more, of course, getting your book, yes, you can innovate. Because even like you say, if you are an implementer at the art, you see your biggest strength, you still can be a great innovator. So and but where else can they learn about you and about this process and uh, bring you as a speaker to their organization? So uh, Tell us a little bit more how people can learn more and contact you. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Well, please contact me on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's always a good place. So it's Natalie Turner One um, on LinkedIn. Um, the main med website for the six eyes is six-i-innovation.com. And on there, we have an overview of the different services we provide. We run a certification program that's like train the trainer for those that work in 
leadership or organizational development or innovation management. Um, and then my speaker site is natalie-turner.net. And uh, on there, you can find uh, different, different examples of speeches and the subjects that I speak on, which are all around enthusing and motivating and driving innovation into organizational life. So that's a few ways that people can contact me. And I will make sure that all the links will show up on the show notes of this episode. And thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we'll ignite here some ideas and some uh, innovators out there to make an impact in this world. Thank you, Anna. It's been lovely to be here with you. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.